In the name of Jesus, Amen. Today, Jesus proves he's God. He performs a miracle, a sign to teach us this truth. He takes five loaves of bread and two fish and he blesses it and feeds over 5,000 hungry people. He not only feeds them, but they all eat to the point that they cannot eat anymore, to the point that there are 12 baskets of food left over. That's one basket of food left over for each disciple who doubted that Jesus would provide. He proves that he is the one who made it rain bread from heaven on the Israelites in the wilderness. He proves that he is the God of all creation, the God who uses little to make much, the God who calls bread into existence from nothing, the God who makes bread without breaking a sweat, the God who opens his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. And he uses this miracle as a sign of who he is. The bread of God, the bread of life, the bread of heaven, who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And those who eat his flesh and drink his blood, that is those who believe in him and put their faith and hope and confidence in Christ, will never die. With one miracle, one sign, Jesus teaches so much of who he is and what he's come to do. And yet before he proves himself to be God, the disciples weren't so sure of him. Right before this miracle, when, thousands, uh, when, when the thousands were gathering in front of Jesus, he tested his disciples asking, where do we buy bread so that these people can eat? And Philip says, 200 denarii, that's 200 days worth of work in money, is not enough for them, that each of them would even have a little bit. Then Andrew, the brother of Peter, said, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many? When Jesus asked this question to his disciples, he's exposing their doubt and uncertainty in him. And he's showing it to them. And what was their doubt? Their doubt was that the money in their pockets was too little to buy even a little bread for everyone. Their doubt was that the five loaves and the two fish are too little for Jesus to do anything with, anything significant. In other words, there wasn't enough there to make something happen. Nothing special could happen with so little. It was too little and they needed more. And dear saints, this is the doubt that Jesus exposes in our hearts here today. The doubt that God can't do much with little, with the little bit that he has in his hands. As an example of this doubt, I'll tell you that I even have friends who have left the Lutheran church because there wasn't enough going on. I'm sure you, too, know people like this. Some of them have said, you know, my baptism that happened so many years ago didn't cut it. I was a baby. What did a little water sprinkled on my head do for me? I don't even remember it. So many have despised and walked away from their baptism because it seemed like Look, that wasn't enough. That font, that water, those words weren't enough. They go to churches that have more to offer or more experiences or more going on. And it's ridiculous to think that a little water of baptism and a few words are going to keep people in church and keep them trusting in Christ 
until their final day, that it would take away all of the sins that they would ever commit in their lifetime. That's, that's too little, that's too insignificant. And we fall into this doubt as a church when we get discouraged with our own congregation for how little she has in her possession. We doubt and say, look, there aren't enough programs for the kids. There aren't enough events to keep people coming back. We need a school. We need a bigger infrastructure. We need to spend more money on these things to get people in the church. There's not, much, there's not enough that the church has to offer. We've got to supplement that. We've got to have more. So let's offer something else people want in the hopes that they're going to stay for that instead of just the little bit that we have here on Sunday. Or some say, look, there's not enough energy in this church. Not enough charisma in the sermons. Not enough instruments in the music. Not enough energy in the pastor to keep people here. Not enough going on. A few lessons from the lectern aren't going to help. A few minutes of a sermon aren't going to change things. A few verses from a hymn here and there. That's not enough. We need more. And this happens when those who are hurting and mourning visit the pastor for help and comfort. And then they get discouraged because all he did was read a few passages here and there. And he prayed with them. And so they get discouraged and think, look, there's got to be something more you can do for me. There's got to be something else you can give me or hand me to help me out. What good are these verses of the Bible going to do for me? They can't get me out of debt. They can't help me. They can't take away any of the problems that I'm facing. So what good is it? And when it comes to our own heartache and grief, we think, look, Pastor, I know what the Bible says. You're not really teaching me anything. I hear those words. God will work all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. But that's just wishful thinking. Those are just words. Or I know the Bible says that Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes. But how come I still have them? They're just words on a page. It's a short little verse, a small sentence. We need more. It's too little. And oftentimes, I admit that I too fall into the same doubts. That I preach and preach and preach and teach and think people are stubborn. People don't change. People are sinful. They're not going to repent. They're not going to come clean. They're not going to stop gossiping. They're not going to stop attacking one another. They're not going to stop getting angry at one another. They're not going to stop holding grudges against one another. What good is all of this work and effort that I do a few words that I speak? What difference will a 15-minute sermon make? The words can't be enough. There's got to be something else. What good are these words against a mountain of problems that we face in the church, in our lives? It's easy to think, look, if God just gave us something else, something more concrete, something more tangible, just more, then it would be enough. But there's no way that this little bit is enough for the avalanche of troubles that we're all facing. The truth is, yeah, many times people don't change and they stay stubborn and they keep destroying themselves and others in sin. But the truth is the problem isn't the word, it's their hatred of God. It's, this is so hard to remember, and I, I, I confess this. It's so hard to remember when you're in the middle of it. It's easy to look at the little word of God, this little uh, tiny uh, word that you hold in your hand and think that this has the power to change anything. 
or do anything significant. It's easy to look at all these things that God has given us and conclude, look, nothing special is coming out of this. Nothing special is coming out of that font or that lectern or this pulpit or that altar. It's not much. So dear saints, beware. Know that these doubts that assail us are actual doctrines of churches around us. In fact, there are entire church bodies, that uh, complete denominations that teach that the finite cannot contain the infinite. They say that since God is so big and so powerful and so holy, he can't possibly be found in such, little, such a little puddle of water here or such a few little sentences here and there of forgiveness or this little piece of bread and wine. They officially teach Andrew's doubt that God can't do anything extraordinary through such ordinary things. And truth be told, this is why some of these churches are so successful and lucrative. They preach things that the sinful heart already believes, that God needs something special in the first place to make something special happen, that God won't work through ordinary things, or that we need something else to make it possible. And it's, this is why it's so dangerous to give in to these thoughts, so dangerous to put ourselves in the presence of false doctrine. It feeds our doubt of God. And this is the doubt that we're all born with, the uncertainty, <clears throat> the uncertainty that we have with God's word. And so, so many people hear the gospel and think, how can these words be enough? Or these few syllables of speech? Or this little amount of water? Or this little bit of bread and wine? How can these small things possibly take away the hulking mass of my sin. And the answer to that question is quite simple. They can take away the monstrosity of your sin because the Son of God said they could. And this is the sign that Jesus gives us in the gospel today. Just as Jesus used a small and finite amount of bread and fish to feed well over 5,000 people, Jesus teaches us that he is going to use his small and finite amount of flesh and blood to feed the entire world. In this miracle, Jesus not only proves that he is the God of all creation, he not only proves that he's the one who created the laws of nature, but he teaches us that he is willing and able to bend and to break them for you. He takes what is small and insignificant among us and shatters our expectation of what, it could be, what, it, what could be done through it. Just as Jesus took those fish and loaves and stretched them beyond their physical limits, Christ has taken his flesh and blood and done the same thing. From the cross, that finite amount of broken skin and torn muscle that ripped flesh, ripped out every sin from your own flesh and soul. That little finite body of Christ on the cross forgave the thousands of transgressions that you've created. It erased the countless iniquities that you brought into this world. When that grace and mercy should have run out when it reached its limits, it didn't. It kept pouring out. It kept washing away. It kept finding sin and drowning it and kept erasing the debt that you owed. And it kept taking away God's condemnation. From the cross, the blood of Jesus, that limited, that small amount of blood from his veins, covered the sins of the entire world. 
That small and measurable amount of blood swamped every single one of your sins with more forgiveness than you can ever consume. More grace and mercy than you can ever devour. Your fear and guilt and anxiety and sorrow, these mountainous things are no match for the smallest amount of God's love and mercy. Your daily bread and the bread of life, these monstrous needs, always can and always will be met by these few little words from the mouth of Christ. As the feeding of the 5,000 shows, your infinite struggles cannot even compete with a finite amount of Christ's body and blood. Because the small and finite amounts of Christ's flesh and blood won the infinite love of God for you, then whenever you receive the smallest amount of the gospel, you receive an endless supply of God's forgiveness. Your sins are forgiven. Four words. And yet through these four words, you have received a mercy that endures forever. With a handful of water, you have received the entire kingdom of heaven. With a small amount of bread and a little sip of wine, you receive all the body and blood of Christ, all the love and glory of God, all the forgiveness and salvation that will never run this course, that will never expire, that will never not be enough. No matter how many demons and devils and legions come rushing against you, no matter how many waves of evil and wickedness crash against you, no matter how many burdens and sorrows fall upon your back, They can and will all be conquered by just a small amount of the word. That Jesus is your Savior. And when you die, trusting in these words, those four little words conquer the innumerable sins that you've committed through your life. And they guarantee that you will never truly die. Through those few and limited words of the gospel, Christ continues to triumph. He continues to feed his faithful. He continues to create more faithful to feed. No matter how much strife and conflict plague the church, the few words of God from this lectern, from this pulpit, from this altar, are more than enough for us. So dear saints, with so little, God gives you so much. With something so ordinary, water, words, bread, and wine, he does something so extraordinary. He gives you himself the bread of heaven. From something so little and finite, he ushers in the infinite love and majesty and glory of God. So don't doubt. Be certain and believe. You and I don't need more than what Jesus has given us. When you see the mountain of sins and grief and sorrow and sadness come against you, don't say, what is this little word against all of those things? Rather, learn to say, what are these mountains of problems against the word of God that cannot fail? With this little promise of Christ, with one little word, my problems are outnumbered. My troubles have no chance. What seems so little to your eyes is more than you can handle with faith. With a little water, he drowns away every sorrow. With a little bread, he gives you his entire body. 
with a little wine. He floods you with a tidal wave of his forgiveness. With these little words, he forgives all of your sin forever. So don't scoff or reject the little things that God uses because through it, he gives you the greatest gift of heaven. Amen. Let us pray. Feed thy children, God most holy. Comfort sinners poor and lowly. O thou bread of life from heaven, bless the food thou here hast given. As these gifts the body nourish, may our souls in graces flourish. Till with saints in heavenly splendor at thy feast do thanks we render. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.